Now, so this is a mature man. Now, here's a young woman. And in this case, it's a, a, we're talking about not the wife, we're talking about a daughter, for instance. So a young lady can make a vow, but her father can nullify it. But if her father says nothing, then she must fulfill the vow. So this assumes that the father knows that the daughter is made about, and he does nothing, she's required to fulfill it. But see what it says here. When a young woman, still living in her father's house, all right, so under his protection, makes a vow to the Lord, or obliges in her, I'm sorry, when a young woman, still living in her father's house, makes a vow to the Lord, or obliges herself by a pledge, and her father hears about the vow, or the pledge, and says nothing to her, and all her vows and every pledge by which she obliged herself will stand. And you notice uh, this is where, especially American women, I think probably a lot of European women that like this, but what's saying here is that father, the father can overrule the daughter's vow. Now, if father does that, then uh, who's going to take the the uh, static <laughs> if that vow should have been fulfilled? The daughter or the father? The father. See, he takes off of her, puts it on himself, and before God, she's the one that's going to be guilty, not her. But ideally, is this is the father who's being responsible, and daughter makes a really stupid statement and vow and promise, and father hears of it, and he breaks it on his own authority, and he's right to do so. That's the ideal. So during a meeting, Mary vowed to fight to Seattle. And by the way, uh, this is almost, this is a true story. Pretty close. So only the cities have changed. During a meeting, Mary vowed to to Seattle and witness for Jesus along the way. She also vowed that she'd do so, trusting God to supply all her needs and to protect her. Her father heard what she had done and forbid her to go. If he had said nothing, then his silence would have been consent. And we had one in uh, West in South Africa, and it was a story of her life. She'd made some crazy promise to God and ended up in the middle of nowhere hitchhiking. It very unwise, and then she ended up in trouble. And then, one way or another, somehow she'd be saved, and somehow she thought that was some confirmation that God had on her life that this was the right thing to do. And the point was, praise God, that despite what she was doing, <laughs> that he was protected. And by the way, she was in Israel, and as we saw this pattern in her life, and we mentioned it to the leader, and one of the things they did is send her home, because she was not mentally suited to be in a situation like Israel at that time. Couldn't trust her. She would come out with these stupid things. And again, you may do a stupid thing and God somehow will catch you. Well, yes and no. You do a stupid thing under his control, or you you're, you have to do a, 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 you're in a bad situation, God will protect you. And he has done that numerous times with us. But we do not jump off the top of the building to test God and, and see him supersede the law of gravity, you know. It's just that's testing. Jesus himself wouldn't allow that to happen. We shouldn't either. Now, we have the wife. And you wives will love this. The wife can make a vow, but her husband can nullify it. But if her husband forbids her when he hears about it, he nullifies the vow that obliges her, or the rash promise, hear that rash promise word there, by which she obliges herself, and the Lord will release her. Her husband may confirm or nullify any vow she makes, or any sworn pledge to deny him herself. But you notice here, it's the husband is taking responsibility on his own shoulders that it's right to nullify the vow. So it can be that, in fact, it's she's led by the Holy Spirit to make the vow. She can be. And yet the husband can nullify it. In a sense, step between her and God. 
ideally it's stepped between her and, and making a, an unwise vow. But if it's between her and God and it's a wise vow, then it's on, it's going to be on the husband for the, uh, the full responsibility for that. Um, one of the problems with uh, my, my wife here, <laughs> this is uh, emotional time for me here. When we were, uh, when we were, God was directing us out of Columbia and we were having, and it was basically an issue of my not wanting to go, but my not having peace not to go. And, and Connie not hearing a thing at that time. But, uh, when, when she went ahead and, and prayed to God and God said to her, can you trust your husband enough to let him, in a sense, be directed by me and just go along with it? And when she told me this, basically, she made it as a, uh, in a sense, it, a, let's say commitment, but I would take it more as a, very much of a word of power. Basically, if you decide to go here, I will go with you. <laughs> if you were crazy as this is, if you decide to go to Ethiopia, I'm going to trust God that this is the right thing to do. And what's interesting, I mean, this is the same thing with your husband or the father. It put, it only increased the dear old burden that weighed on me after the joint decision. It didn't make it easier. It really increased it. I mean, like three times because all of a sudden it wasn't just me, you know, and I, I never had been the, the power source shows in a family. I don't use power as my way of operating a family. I, I feel responsible as, as a member of the family than as a father and husband. But it just increased. The, the burden and the weight on mine that the decision was the right one to do in following God in this direction. And we did, and she trusted me, and it worked out. But uh, that's a scary thing for a woman to do. And unfortunately, uh, in a lot of our societies here, uh, the wife is, is taking her life in her hands to trust a husband. And that's a sad thing to say. You know, They say, you know, the church keeps saying, submit, submit, submit. But the husband uh, isn't about to be responsible, responsible, responsible. He just wants the power, the power, the power. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. And again, uh, Edith, I, as I said before, promised to read three chapters of the Bible every day in the morning. And this is the true case. She happened to be a German Baptist, and which is even more legalistic than the average Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> it says German. When the Germans say something, sometimes they really want you to know. And it was a tremendous burden on her. I mean, it became, like I say, the word of God seems to have any kind of joy in her life whatsoever. It was just this tremendous burden you had to get up and do. You know? What a silly thing to do. But she never once asked God when she made the vow, never once asked God to the Holy Spirit if this was the right thing to do. And I hear over and over again, especially in teen meetings, and, and these teen leaders will say, uh, you know, uh, who all are going to do this or that? Stand up. And they make them mass vows is what they are. Mass vows. They have to stand up. And yet nobody does anything to find out if it's really God's will. Or even if it was, nobody helps them carry out the, the will of the vow that they made. Either way, it's wrong. So in what we say in a group, 